0: Hi, my name is Nikki, and welcome to Quick Picks, a readers advisory podcast for all kinds of media available at the library. If you want suggestions on what to try next, we're here to help. Ban books are a hot topic right now, and where we are in Illinois, a new law went into effect saying that if you receive public funds/slash taxes, you cannot ban any book, or you will lose your funding which is a good protection for our public schools and libraries. But other states aren't as well protected. Some of the best books that I have ever read, and I read hundreds of books a year, have been banned in various places for various reasons. Today, Nick Rodriguez is back to talk about a new program that he's running that will be taking place at our local high school for the students there, and that's the Banned Book Club. Welcome back, Nick. Hello.
1: I'm very excited to be back, and <laughs> as always.
0: Yeah, and I love this uh, this idea of this band book club for kids too, for teenagers. Oh my
1: god, yeah! I feel like it's like it's really important, especially nowadays. Yeah, with just you know, it's the, you know the te- protection of freedom of speech and you know perspective enhancing, and it's, I don't know, it's very they're important reads out there. Yes,
0: there really are. I don't think if you grow up in a bubble and you only know what your parents like and believe, and you continue through your whole life just exposed to that exact thing. I don't think that's a very well-rounded person. I just think that you're starved. You're mm-hmm. starved of exposure and empathy and understanding.
1: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that because there's there's so much even in our like little pocket of the world in like Illinois mm-hmm. that you have you have access to a bunch of different cultures yeah. and perspectives that if you just you know lend an ear and listen, you will see the world in a whole different light. Yeah, and I feel like these books are pathways. To that on a grander scale, you know, you can take more of it home, improve your morals.
0: And I think a lot of these books that have been banned—they're more interesting and fun to read than like your history books. So, um, for me, like *Mouse* by Art Spiegelman was one of my favorite depictions of what it was like during World War II in Europe, and that did not come across in any of my history books. It didn't come across in. Diary of a Young Girl, the Anne Frank diary. It didn't come across in anything other than maybe Night mm-hmm. by Ellie Wiesel. But Mouse really drove it into my head about how heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and what genocide was all about. So I think that's that's an experience some people if they restrict themselves, they're not oh, going to yeah. have that like they're not going to have that interesting experience where you, you get empathy for people and you understand them.
1: And it kind of happens, too, where it's like you can even touch on the material and it's 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 almost like you become watered down. Yeah. Depending. And so it's like, yeah, you can understand that these events happened, but you're like, oh, OK, these events happened, but you don't right. really see the actual like impact. And in this case with, you know, World War Two and the Holocaust, the actual horror of the event and I, I we were kind of talking about this earlier this week where – because I have never – I have not read Mouse, but it's on my list to do, especially with the book club coming up because I think it's just very prevalent mm-hmm. with just how, you know, some things in society have been stacking up um, in terms of at least, like, generations of hate. Yeah. But uh, you were telling me that just, like, the the use of mice in that kind of brings it into a whole – brings it around to where it's, like, you see the dehumanizing factor of it. Yeah. And I'm I'm very intrigued into it. Yeah.
0: Um, in, in the book, uh, it's a graphic novel, and everybody's depicted by a different animal. So the Germans are pigs, and the Jews are mice, and, you know, there's various different other... It feels a little like 1984-ish mm-hmm. George Orwell to me. When I read it the first time, and I've read it a few times now, it was so gut-wrenching to me. Like, you hear the numbers, X million number of people died, but you can't understand it unless you hear individual stories. And I think it's the individual stories that are important. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about this recently. There aren't a lot of survivors still alive from World War II where you can hear their stories firsthand. Mm -hmm. So when you have an opportunity to hear a firsthand story about something that happened in history... That's a gem.
1: Mm -hmm. You have to appreciate it. Yeah, because I remember even going through middle school, and we were uh, and we read through Night, Mm -hmm. and then we would that we accompanied that with a visit to the Holocaust Museum in Skokie, and like even like that experience alone, and then um, I believe we actually had it was either at the museum. No, it was at the museum where there was a there was a Holocaust survivor, you know, talking and giving their accounts. It's just it's very it's a it's humanizing Mm because it's just it it you it brings these stories to the table and someone who's actually going through it, it's almost like the same people who are going through the war as soldiers. They're Mm -hmm. slowly dropping out accounts and just, you know, the preservation of these accounts and them, it means so much because I don't know, without them, we can't really hold on to history. Exactly. I mean, mean, we can document it as much as we can, but you know, it's the recordings and hearing their words, but it was impactful. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I I don't understand why that would be challenged unless it was, um, upsetting to some of the kids maybe i don't know like lord uh, Lord of the flies is pretty violent and graphic so i can at least i understand where you're coming from you're trying to shield your kids from that kind of exposure Mm. but just not understanding other people's life stories and I don't get it. I
1: always see. I always found that fascinating because it seems like the majority of books that I seen banned, even in in that school setting, it's never it's it's not a lot for violence right? or th- or th- that nature. So yeah. You can you could watch, you can read like the things they carried, mm-hmm. and you're hearing you're hearing about people getting ripped to shreds. Yeah, like it's it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But you then you have like a majority of the banned books that you see. Are banned based on the content of the topics that they're talking about. Yep. Whether it be something about race, something about sexuality, and something about gender politics. Mm-hmm. That's usually what it comes down to. And yeah. then you have things that touch on historical events that are, you know, I would say they're they're touchy subjects, but they're touchy for a reason because it deals with the millions of human deaths. Yeah. But it's it's the thing that, you know, you want to bring to the table to not repeat. So exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. I know you don't exactly have everything ironed out on what books you're going to use, but what are some of the books that you would like to use?
1: Well, Mouse is one of the ones that I think would be is is in my running. Mm-hmm. The other ones that I was thinking of, and I, I read through these uh, earlier the um, last year, was uh, The Podex, which... Mm-hmm fantastic book have you ever read it no all? i haven't it's a really quick read mm-hmm. um because a lot of because the way that the, the book is structured it's not structured like a typical novel it's structured in poems so okay. every page you can flip through that book in probably the matter of a few hours okay. you can get it done but it's about a woman named zamora she's growing up she i believe it's uh, her junior or senior year of high school but she's dealing with you know The ramifications of first love and objectification in, you know, like high school and, you know, the male gaze and stuff. Uh, And it's her basically being this fighter that's been fighting the world and protecting her brother and all this stuff and realizing that there is an avenue for her to express herself, which is, you know, through poetry. She's basically been doing a closeted for a long time, and then she finds that there's an avenue for her to open up. And I don't want to give too much of this, too much spoilers away because I think it's a very, it's a genuinely good read and I knew nothing about it going into it. And I mm-hmm. came and I came back and I was, I was inspired, but it definitely, it definitely touches on the pieces of why it was banned was, touches on a little bit of like how the relationship with her and her brother, it kind of goes into the lines of like basically accepting, you know, your own family sexuality along, the, along with, you know, acceptance in, you know, religious prejudice because she was raised Catholic and she's raised with, Kind of like a like an overarching mother, kind of like making sure that she's kind of like cracking the whip and doing everything that she, you know, is considered right and almost holy. And it's her kind of weighing through these conflicting thoughts of growing up and who she thinks that she is, what she knew that she was growing up and, you know, traversing it all. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. That sounds uh, powerful.
1: I, I love that book, but I'm a big fan of graphic novels. Yeah. I love comics. Yeah. Um, And did you, you ever read Flamer by Mike Curico? No. That one I know will be in my list. Beautiful art, by the way. It's kind of like, it's a little bit cartoony, but the way that they use colors in it is uh, they use a lot of black, white, and grays, and then when they want to really really like explode with an emotional scene they had these like beautiful pops of like orange and red and oh, yellow wow. because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be ideas of like a flame the the story is about a um a boy named Aiden it was in 1995 he's uh going to his boy scout troop for i believe one of his last ones and it's him essentially trying to traverse the the other scouts there after coming off of a school year where he was like his school year where he's getting bullied for his physical appearance. He's biracial. He's kind of queer-coded, which you you start to see more and more as he's kind of with the scouts, and it's him struggling with identity and struggling with his place in the world, and also struggling with the idea of being accepted within others. And um, I know a hundred percent why this book was banned. Uh, it's a, it's t- it's very much an LGBTQ like book. It's this. It's the tale of a like a closeted teen. Trying to accept himself, yeah, and um, it's it's really well done. It's funny at moments. It's sad and dark at others. And I think the the wrap up of it is it's very beautiful. Oh, wow. that was that took me. I think I got through that book in two days. Okay, so but it was it was a it was a lot of fun. Yeah, like, I don't want to say fun, but it was like seeing his character kind of blossom in it. It was just very endearing. That's that's what I've been reading recently, and yeah. that's why I think I want to put into my list. I'm yeah. still looking at a lot, but I mean, at least the one thing that I think is very cool about our local high school is the fact that they are pushing this pushing band books with them with their curriculum in mind. Yeah, and so it's very nice to be in the area that we're in because it seems like they're pushing for more a of a perspective enhancing, empathy induced yeah. like I don't know curriculum, and it's yeah. it's. It's better than what I had when I was growing up. (laughs) No
0: kidding. (laughs) I I remember, and this is kind of off track and a little bit sad, but there have been a couple of suicides in our community in the last like 10 or so years. And a couple of them were kids who are LGBTQ. And what I found out is that the high school actually has groups that help them process and deal with all of these emotions that they have when they're coming out and dealing with family and all that kind of stuff. And it's still not enough it's for a lot of these kids with the suicide rate. It's I, really staggering. It, it's
1: it's like a it's almost like it's a pressure cooker. Yeah, it's terrible, and that's that is one of the things that it, it touches on in Flamer is if when that becomes too much. How do you how do you dispel what do you do? it? What do you yeah. do when you have no one to turn to? Uh-huh. You you almost like it's it turns into like a leap of faith, yeah. Almost where whoever's around you, whoever you can get, you it's almost like you have to throw yourself into it. Mm-hmm. But also, it's the same line of understanding that you're a human and accepting it. But also, that comes with so many other complications. So yeah. it's it's a tough it's a tough world out there. And yeah. I, that's the one thing where it's like if we can. If we can talk about it more, mm-hmm. and be more accepting, and at least be able to push these topics forward in a comfortable, you know, conversational setting, which, you know, I think a lot of places are getting better. Mm-hmm. A lot of places still need work. Yeah. There's always the work that needs to be done. Yeah. But it's, it's they're they're important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, um, I have a friend who, she's very Christian and she did homeschooling and all of that. And when her kids were young. She didn't want to read, and she didn't want to read to them the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. because it was all magical, and I don't think it agreed with her Christian values. Mm-hmm. And then someone sat down and explained to her that it's really not, that it's about friendship, and it's about found family and mm-hmm. loyalty and all of these really important values to teach her kids. And she read them, and her kids read them, and they love the series. Yeah. So I think... You know, there, there's a little bit of, of to-do about certain books or series or whatever, and people are like, oh, no, 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 I don't want my kids to read that. Well, you haven't even experienced it. You haven't tried to read it. You don't know mm-hmm. why it's valued. It's
1: almost like you're immediately swatting it down yeah. at book cover. Like, yeah. you're just you're hearing about it, and you get, like, maybe, like, a, uh, I don't know, a backhanded synopsis of uh-huh. what it could be, and then someone's comments with it, and you're like, mm not for me. Yeah. And it's, I think, I think a lot of people could... Could pay from just giving you know some things just a little bit. Give it a chance. Like give it a few chapters. Yeah. Give it. Give it one one run. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And exposure is what helps because not book related, but my father was a racist when I was growing up. Both my parents were very racist, and at some point, my dad started working with a young guy who was Mexican, Mm -hmm. and it made him rethink and completely change his idea of what his opinion was of anybody who wasn't white. Mm -hmm. That was eye-opening to him, but it's exposure that makes you understand other people and gives you a little bit better perspective. And if you don't expose anybody to anything questionable or anything outside of their norm,
1: then you're really crippling them. Yes, I 100% agree with that. That, uh, that kind of reminds me of just like the way that I, because I feel like when I was growing up, I was very just like kind of like closeted in my beliefs with things. Yeah. um, Just like the way that my upbringing was. And I realized, you know, it was like maybe around high school. And then beyond that, I started kind of like dipping my toes into, you know, different styles of music. Because I was like, I listened to rock music a lot when I was younger, because that's mm-hmm. just what my parents listened to. Yeah. And, you know, then I got buddies around me who were listening to like hip hop and rap and indie and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa yeah
0: it this is this horizons. is
1: blowing my mind and it's like this is coming from this is like the, it's almost like the same thing with food in mm-hmm. a way because i used to be a person who used to be extremely picky yes now i mean the only thing i want to eat is probably sea urchin and some things, some very exotic things but if you put something in in front of me yeah i will go for it because mm-hmm. it's just it's the idea of well it's something new you don't know what it could be but you're learning something and that's like that's kind of a piece of the puzzle of the whole human ride where yeah it's experience, it's perspective, it's learning as much i mean my personal, you know, philosophy is learning as much as you can from, you know, other people in the world around you. Mm-hmm. And when you have things that turned like they're banned or negated away from the public and you're being told someone you can't read this, you can't watch this, you can't listen to this and you can't see this. You're gonna, you're just gonna make me and people who are like me want to do it more. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yep, that's exactly true. I'm a lot older than you, but when I was young, there was the PMRC, which was Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, started to, um, she wanted to ban and then um, put restrictions on music. So they had explicit lyric, you know, stickers, and they actually got a lot farther than I thought that they were gonna get because. I was like, no, it's a freedom of speech thing. You can't do that. And mm-hmm. then, and they just kept going and they became our enemies. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a kid and you're standing up for something that you believe in, I think that gives you great life experience. I think so. Too. It's very enriching.
1: It is, especially, and especially when it kind of comes to something that's full circle. Like, uh-huh. if, let's say you're dealing with a struggle in your life that's kind of like a little bit like you're kind of going under the weeds with it. You're trying to ignore it. And then you kind of, There's a a sense of empowerment when you realize that you can kind of face it head on Mm -hmm. and you can talk about it. Yeah. And once you kind of get through that, you're like, oh, I can talk about and do anything. You're like, it's it's freeing.
0: There was a, a quote in the book Wild by Cheryl Stade that has always rung in like in my head. And it's not verbatim, but it's basically if your father doesn't teach you how to ride into battle and fight for yourself, you have to teach yourself. So anything that you're not getting inside of the home or within the, you know, the parameters of what your parents approve, you have to get it, you have to expose yourself to it later on in life. Mm-hmm. And I think driving home at a the, you know, the teenager age is the perfect age to kind of get them to start thinking about things outside of the box, outside of their box.
1: That's when I started really getting, you know, my gears turned with things. Yeah. I just was curious. You're
0: developing your own personality. You're learning critical thinking, mm-hmm. which is that is so important. I think people underestimate that, but I have known many people who are not capable of critical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, that's a major handicap for them in life. And a lot of the books from when I was younger that were that were banned were more like racial issues, but these days it's more LGBTQ mm-hmm. stuff. And um I, I know when when Tango Makes Three came out, the children's picture book about the two male penguins raising a baby. Mm-hmm. People lost it over this book about penguins.
1: I mean, you saw you you saw people with a reaction to gender queer. Yeah, I think what was that last year or the year before? Mm-hmm. It was insanity.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really it's crazy to me, especially like so with the penguins. It happens all the time. There's homosexuality in in many different wildlife species mm-hmm. in a large percentage of animals. Yeah. So I I just find it really interesting that.
1: That's a statistic I feel like people are just gonna try to turn a blind eye to. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, hey, well, it doesn't fit in my argument. So yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I think back in the day, the one one of the band books that I heard of that I never I don't think I ever read, but I definitely, you know, heard my 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 bit from pop culture references was Catcher in the Rye.
0: Oh. Okay. Yes. I think most young boys should read that book. It's a boy book. Essentially, I don't know a lot of girls or women who mm-hmm. liked that book, but it was pretty much about how a frustrated young teenage boy feels in the world. It wasn't relatable to me. I, I did not appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I know two things. I know that this was it was one of the pieces that led to uh, it was John Lennon's assassination. I oh, think, really? I believe yeah. I think it was the 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 the, the guy who shot him was like Red Catcher the Rye. And then, yeah. you know, one for John Lennon. Right. And then the other thing is that I heard uh, that he, I don't know, I, th- I heard that he's just very, like when you say they're touching on the feelings, I've heard these he's just very whiny. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, think of a teenage boy. Yeah. So
1: very emo, yeah. very everything is dark, dull, and, and, you no, know, no, depraved. Yeah. So, okay. So the
0: world is is kind of messed up through his eyes. And
1: this, maybe, maybe that might be added to the list. When did Catcher and the Rye come out? Maybe 50s, 60s. Somewhere around there.
0: But one of the ones that I always am shocked about is *To Kill a Mockingbird*. One of my favorite oh. books of all time. Atticus Finch. Yeah, I love Atticus and Finn. Boo Radley. Like <laughs> these are classic characters who influence us, and like I would, I would name my pets after them because I love them so much. <laughs> the, these are stories that stick with you, and you're reminded of it. We can still quote it. We can still see situations in in society today or I'm like oh that reminds me of catcher in the rye or that reminds me of to kill a mockingbird mm-hmm. or that reminds me of the color purple Yeah. or you know any of these older books that were banned when I was younger you find the relevance throughout your life
1: Yeah it will pop up Yes yes and I find that it kind of the, the it's strange sometimes what the the timing of them when they pop up just it it's weird Yeah. it's not not in the banned not in the banned book category but this is something that kind of happens similarly I I was telling you that I just went over to the dells and I just yes. saw there Came back from that, I had a book that I've been reading. It was, uh, it's uh, Alice Isn't Dead. Read through it, I got halfway through it, I think about a month ago. Paused, I was like, I think I was uh, just here over the weekend. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I'll decide I'll cruise through the rest of the book. That day, they decide to have one of the settings in the book be at the Dells. Oh, I'm wow. like, what? <sighs> and how cool
0: is it when you read a book that's taking place somewhere that you're familiar with, like a Chicago mm-hmm. scene, setting, you-, you- you like to connect with things. I do. And I think people who read books like stories. It's all about the story. Mm-hmm. So we go our entire lives telling our story, hearing other people's stories. And it's, it's just a way to share your life experience. Yeah. And people can learn vicariously. You don't have to experience something in order to go, that's not for me. That's I read a book and <laughs> yeah.
1: Like it's it's through either conversations or like, you know, you could watch something that changes you. You could like I'm a I'm a big video game aficionado, so there's yeah. some games that I've played that've blown my mind away.
0: Right, and people have tried to ban video games. It's not just books that try that yeah. that have been banned in places.
1: But yeah, like uh, uh, an example uh, that I I still need to go through this, but there was there's a game that's out there. Uh, my friend my friend Zoe raves because it should, this changed her life. It was called Outer Wilds, and the idea of the game is like you're an astronaut. And you are piloting a ship that is, you know, it's your ship and you have to leave the orbit and you have to basically like kind of mess with physics a little bit, but you're solving a puzzle that has to do with these planets moving and it can all be solved in one go. But because all the pieces that you could have to do it are given to you right from the get go. But most of the game is you learning all the stuff around you. And how to apply it to figure out where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And when you get to, you know, I'm 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 giving this this thing like the smallest synopsis. But by the end of the game, by the end of the game, I don't think there's a game that I've been told by a single person to play more than this game because it oh, was just wow. so, you know, so perspective enhancing. Wow. Um, I would say banning in video games, usually that is the one that takes the cake of violence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But then again, We're not the only country that tries to ban things. And I think it's really interesting how Americans look at the things that are banned like in China. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like how could you even think that that would be damaging? Like the Barbie movie is Mm -hmm. not going to hurt your government. It's just interesting how they choose certain things and we're like, oh, no, we would never ban something like that. And yet here we are banning (laughs) a book like Speak by Laurie Hall Sanderson. About a teenager who is sexually assaulted and she stops talking. Why? Uh, why well, is that? Yeah. Like, why would you ban it's that? It's almost,
1: it's like, it's like you don't want to talk about it. Uh-huh. And it's just we like. If don't
0: talk about it, what does it do?
1: I can just turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. But that doesn't work. Right. Because you're just going to have continuous, you're going to always have a voice. For these things and for these subjects, they're going to be like, well, no, you need to see this and you need to hear this because it's important because right. it happens.
0: Right. Just think of all the soldiers coming back from the war who have PTSD and aren't getting care for it and how it messes up their life. Mm-hmm. If people don't talk about the traumas and work through them, they're crippled.
1: Yeah. That's they They need some sort of avenue for expression.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And which, you know, that's the whole thing. That's, that's the, the First Amendment bit where it's the freedom of expression, but also you kind of lean into that where, you know, sometimes to move on, you need to express. Yeah. And I don't even know if you can put that sometimes. I think yeah. that's all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. We even had the author Ellen Hopkins come to our library and give a talk about her books that she wrote about her daughter who was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And Crank is one of the books. It's written completely in prose. So it's a quick read. And it's it's kind of disturbing in that you're hearing what the drugs are doing to this person throughout her life and the damage that it's
1: causing for everybody around them. We that,
0: had her here. We were like, "Bring it."
1: <laughs> because that that was a that was a book that I think was on the shelves when I was going to school. Yeah, and that was one that I that I remember. I never read, but I was always curious about what it was. Mm-hmm. And that was that's probably you know I might probably have to add that to my yeah to my my to do list. <laughs>
0: My to be read to read list is like thousands of books, and every time I talk to somebody, I add more to it. There's just not enough time.
1: <laughs> no, there's not. And you would well, the way that you were, I don't even know what your final count for audiobooks was last year, but it was insane.
0: I had two hundred and five, I think.
1: I had, I think maybe six.
0: <laughs> I read a lot more than most people, so don't even compare yourself to me. I had constantly have an audiobook going or something going on. There's
1: like a throne of books somewhere yeah. at your house or something.
0: I have multiple bookshelves in each different room with different types of books. Like my kitchen has a bookshelf and it's all cookbooks. Oh, I, that's I love that. <laughs> and the front room has you know these books and other books. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a book person. I'm a story person. I listen to podcasts. Respect. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like to talk to people and hear their experiences in life yeah. because they're going to be gone someday, and then what is left of them is what we remember. Mm-hmm. So. I I value that a lot. I
1: do too, and like it it can be someone that you just talk to, you know, on a one-off or you know, close friend. Mm -hmm. And there's always, you know, it's always making memories is is important, and just hearing people out. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Well, I am so glad that you're starting this band book club at the high school. I'm super excited to see
1: what the kids like, what books you read. I'm excited. I'm. It's like I don't want to say I'm terrified, but I'm (laughs) I'm curious to see what. Like, or I guess, like the like the teens' perspective on you know freedom of speech now, or you know the ideas of some of these books being banned. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of things that I wish that I read more, or I read at a younger age. Yeah, I think you know I do believe in the whole thing where it's like you know things you know you learn things at certain points in your life because that's kind of just when you need to learn them. But there are some things that I think if it made my eyes open a little bit earlier. I feel like I've just would have been a better person. Yeah. Him. It's not like I was a never like I was ever like a like, you know, mean to people, but it would just be I would understand struggles of people a little bit more. Yeah. And not be so pigeonholed into my own uh, like perspective. Right. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Oh, well, you'll have to come back in a couple months and talk to us about some of the books you guys have done.
1: Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> I'd love to. I love talking to you, Nikki. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: We talk all the time, so you might as well make a podcast of it. (laughs) Well, thank you, Nick, again for your opinions and for this program that you're bringing. And we look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thanks for having me. Adios, guys.
0: And that brings this episode of Quick Picks to a close. We hope you join us next time for more suggestions in different genres and maybe different media. My name is Nikki and Quick Picks is coming to you from the Round Lake Area Public Library in Round Lake, Illinois. The end.